Hello and welcome to the Grass Track Banter Podcast. This is episode number 34. So now we are going to start a feature which is going to be the season review. We're going to review the 2021 season and rather than just going through the meetings, meeting by meeting and looking at the results, uh, we're going to take a different point of view, a different talking point every week uh, and review the season through that talking point. So this week we are talking about the tracks and we're going to talk about the track of the year. We're going to try and come up with the track of the year which circuit we think is the best one. Now, we're coming at, it, at this at different angles. Obviously, uh, Ben did a bit of riding at the beginning of the year and then has been watching ever since. I've only watched this year. Russell's uh, been riding. Um, Mitchell's been riding 500 sidecars and a bit of solos as well. <laughs> Luke's been riding. Uh, so we're all coming at it from a bit of a different angle. So we're sort of bound to have different thoughts on it, I'm sure. But... I know, Luke, you had a few ideas, didn't you, about sort of track of the year. When I first mentioned it to you, the first you had three straight away that you came up with. Um, yeah, I had four. Um, three four. of them, which, yeah, four, four tracks I've enjoyed. So I've, I've been all over the place this year. So um, the four I've, I really enjoyed was Frittenden, uh, GTSA, even though it was, was dusty. Uh, I enjoyed my trip to Cheshire and Southend. Um four fairly different tracks but all ones i i really enjoyed racing them yeah um south end's an interesting one to have in there yeah um i think that the way they the track if anyone's been there is it's a much smaller track it's uh, almost like a circle but i think because it was different to the to the bigger tracks of the other three it was you know nice to to ride something slightly different shape and it was quite green pretty much all day as well. So it's sort of a completely different way of riding compared to some of the other tracks where they're just sort of flat out fast all day long. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. I know you like it up there, Russ, don't you? Normally I'd say yes, but I didn't this year actually, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that when Luke was talking about it. Um, you know it he only goes there for donuts. It was... Um, it was quite a bit wider than normal this year. So like Luke said, it was pretty much a big circle. Normally it's a, it's a little bit sort of narrow and a bit tighter. Um, but yeah, it was quite a big circle this year. So the, uh, the Jowers had a massive advantage. Mm. Yeah. Never good. So where no. have you, where have you ridden then Russ that sticks out in 2021? I mean, you've had a torrid <coughs> year really, haven't you? <laughs> like with different things going wrong. Oh it's, yeah. It's not been a great year, is it? It's, stop start and this problem and that problem and a little crash here and a little crash there and uh yeah a couple of little results along the way but nothing special this year um Frittenden as as per normal obviously Frittenden is always good you know what you're going to get when you go to Frittenden uh unless it rains so yeah that's what I was going to say the start of the year and the end of the year always seem to be good and the summer meeting just seems to lash it down now so (laughs) The summer spectacular is not that spectacular no more. No. Um, Tallington. I was thinking about this earlier. I actually quite enjoyed Tallington. Um, it was a bit different, obviously, shape-wise and a few lumps and bumps. And obviously, Ben didn't enjoy it that much for <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> um, they struggled to yeah, keep I, that under control, that track. I think that was half the trouble, <clears> wasn't it? Yeah. When it, when, it was, when it wasn't too wet and it wasn't too dry, it was actually like a really nice surface. Um mm. Right, I didn't enjoy uh, the rerun of the Brits at Ledbury for obvious reasons. I didn't really enjoy 
just just a bit too green and couldn't couldn't really get that. I don't know. Something just couldn't quite put my finger on it that day. Um you could put your ass on it though. Yeah, twice. <laughs> <coughs> and my head <laughs> and, my, and my guts and uh, everything else, yeah. Um I think the track the track for the the original track for the Brits I think would have produced some good racing actually. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, I think the the one they wanted originally looked really nice. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it when I first see it in that, but I think it would have produced some good racing. Mm. Um, obviously GTSA again. Um, yeah. Yeah, GTSA was up there. Yeah. As long as you don't miss one. your race. As long as you don't miss your race. Yeah. None none of them stand out for me this year though, if I'm honest. No. There hasn't been no, anywhere that's it, been like, yeah, that's the one. No, no, they've, they've, they've had too many troubles this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the problem, isn't it? Uh, uh, Mitchell, you've uh, obviously ridden on British grass tracks more than ever. Well, more than certainly probably about 20 years is probably the most British tracks you've ridden on, I'd imagine, because you always usually end up racing in the luxuries of, uh, you know, Dutch grass tracks or German long tracks or wherever you end up. Um, but what sticks out for you? Careful with that word luxury when you're talking about Dutch car strikes. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm in a different different position to most, really. I mean, because I mean, I mean, in all fairness, I think the best track I've ridden on all year is the GTSA track. Mm. Now I've ridden there probably since the they held the British Championships. What, sixteen or seven? No, seventeen or eighteen. I can't really. Remember. I think it was seventeen. Sixteen, it was. Well, it might have been 16, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. 15 was Cheshire. So I haven't ridden there for, for a few years. But to be able to ride there on the solo uh, and and then, you know, a few weeks or a few months later, ride there on the sidecar as well was was brilliant. Um, and obviously the solo solo meeting was, you know, uh, a miserable, drizzly, wet day in July or June or something, the qualifier. Um, and then the, the centre championships, when was that? September, wasn't it? And it, mm. it was really hot and dusty, but you know, um, you know, unfortunately, we we never got it in its best conditions. But you know, how many people went home? No one. There, everyone still turned up for every yeah. race, whether it was dripping wet or 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 dry as a bone. And you know, I mean, coming into that turn, you know, for for the for the way we go around, coming into turn three, going in and out of the dip, with you know, especially on the sidecar, having the thing absolutely screaming, is it just feels great, you know. You know, you, you you're half around the corner and you're smiling because of what you've what you've what's just happened. Mm. Uh, um, it's a really great feeling. There's a few little things they've got to sort out. I mean, there, there was a problem with the starts were a little bit far back for the qualifier, weren't they? And everyone was flipping it on the line. Oh yeah, um, it was an up, just, slightly uphill, wasn't it? Yeah, just yeah. over the crest. You know, obviously they pushed it as far as they could, and it was uh, two meters forward, and it, it would have solved half, half the problems. There's a little bit of a hole just across the finish line for us that kind of just never goes away, um, which kind of is not a bad thing, really. It kind of, it, it's there. Everyone knows it's there, and it kind of froze. I suppose it stops, like, some of the, the, the lunatics that just want to ride leg back. It stops them coming in. They can't make their corner until after the hole. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's got a little bit of character to it. Um, yeah. In Cheshire, was, I went up for the Cheshire meeting. I've never... Never really done a Cheshire club meeting before. Um, we went up for the for the Steve Deere Memorial. Um, beautiful track, lovely venue. Um, I mean, I mean, 
it was rippling. It, you know, it was a real bone shaker for us uh, with no rear suspension. Um, and you know, sometimes they say the faster you go, the smoother it gets. Well, I can tell you now, uh, me and Smudge came in from, from the heats of Cheshire and we were absolutely blowing for our ass. Mm. It, was, it was hard work. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't go any faster. We, we were going as fast as we could bloody well go. So, um, yeah, um, obviously, yeah, I quite enjoyed Swingfield. You know, I've never said that too many times. <laughs> but this time it sort of, yeah, came to me a little bit. Um, don't really know where else, really. Yeah. Leverage was all right. He, yeah, the first track looked a bit challenging. Um, when we did practice there, that was a little bit ripply. That might have got worse. It might have got better. Having never ridden on that track, I, I didn't know how it was going to develop. Um, but the the other library is sort of like their go to, isn't it? When when mm. it's going to be all right, it was. Um, yeah, shame we lost, you know, two meetings at Fruitland because we didn't really get to experience the best that Fruitland offer. So. No, yeah, yeah, for, played, Weber played Havoc, didn't it? A lot to the meetings. Yeah. yeah. Me, I, you know, if I had to put my, my hat on the thing, uh, it's GTSA's track. Yeah. Yeah, I like that track too. The other thing with uh, talking about the bumps over the line is uh, it stops you from going outside the pegs coming across the finish line because there's one mighty great big hole as you go. If you go off the line and you go off into the, the runoff area, I mean, you're risking coming off. Is that, is that bad? I, uh, I remember Sturge hitting that at the Masters. <laughs> yeah. It's a couple of years ago. It's a proper right old dip. Yeah, stopped when, and dead nearly. When it, when it was wet and we were on the, in the qualifier, uh, obviously we were trying to keep off of the inside because it had gone a bit slippery. But to, 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 uh, to just come down the straight and completely miss the corner and ride the banking, was that, I, I was just, I was absolutely loving it. It was you wouldn't normally do it in a race because you you know you're so far off off the racing line. But obviously, where 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 it's you know really really greasy around the inside, and you, you know you're looking for a bit of loose and a bit of grassroots, it was such an awesome feeling just to, to bellow through the dip and, and absolutely just blast it around the banking. It, it was great. You know, really. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. And uh, who have we missed? Ben, we haven't talked about you yet, have we? So, um, yeah, is there anywhere we haven't mentioned? I mean. We've sort of given nearly every track a mention. Uh, yeah, I mean, only road two and yeah. a couple of practice round ours. Um, out of the two I did, Talentin was my favourite. I think the shape sort of warmed itself more towards the, the kit I was on. Um, I found a couple of bumps at Talentin, but you kind of know where they are, so you avoid them. I found, like Mitch said, when the surface was sort of dry and not wet, it was it was real good. Hmm. Um, they could sort the water in out there and it'd be even better yeah. Ever, so yeah although it ended in tears it was I was actually having a good day up until that point <laughs> um, the, the Bantasia track Ben I mean that road great you know and, and the way that you guys prepared it for you know, it could have been a wet April it, it was a dry April and you, and you solved the problem so you know what, what you did there you know you saved the day uh, with, with with the knowledge that your farmer had helped you with as well so that it was a good venue hmm. Yeah, thanks for that, Mitch. I think um, the skid we had the week before kind of uh, gave us the answer we were looking for in terms of the surface. And the we dust didn't know, did we? We literally, we, we we thought it might be dusty. And then when 
you guys started going round. We were like, oh, my God, it's really dusty. Like, we could put a lot of water on this. But until you went round, it's so bizarre. Until, you know, you could drive over it and it doesn't look too bad. But until you start getting a, a grass strap bike going around it, you don't actually know. Yeah. I mean, the first couple of laps were okay. And when you got the line, you could really tell the dust, couldn't you? So, yeah, yeah I think that was a good... Um, Good exercise, really, to go through that, let the farmer see the dust, and that kind of got him on board with what we needed to do. Pretty, it was good. I felt like um, the shape was a little bit tight, and Prettendon's always better when it's a bit wider for a solo, particularly coming off um, the camber down the bottom. Especially if you can't turn um, the bike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from a, I guess from a, a viewing perspective, I thought the uh, the British Championship track, where it was quite small uh, and interesting shape, produced some really good racing. Mm. And there was a few, yeah, it was a bit ripply, a bit rough in places, but um, yeah, the British Champs track was was probably the best racing I've seen this year. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that, actually. I would agree. I'd say that the racing at the Brits, I mean, it was, you know, because it's a British Championship anyway, but the racing was just brilliant. It was so unpredictable. And the track lent itself to to good racing because it was difficult to ride. Yeah, you know, it, it was, was slick, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, slick, slick racing definitely produces good racing, doesn't it? Or close yeah. racing. Yeah, there was no point where I looked at it and thought, I wish I was riding it because it really wasn't the sort of thing I liked passengering on. There was no grip. Yeah, it yeah was, I know what you mean. The corners were wide. Like, there was no straights. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been my cup of tea at all, but to watch, it was brilliant. Uh, yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Really good. Yeah. It was tricky. It was definitely tricky. Yeah, and that bottom corner rutted up, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, and to watch, but I had a quick look back through some some races that I'd been to this year, and the the by far the track that looked the one that I looked at, and it's the only time really where I looked and went, oh god, I really wish I still ride him was Frittenden. It really was. Um, first year, of course, of me not being part of Frittenden meetings for riding wise, I was commentating. Uh, for a long time, and that track at the Battle of Britain looked awesome. I mean, it was tight, Ben, but then um, I prefer a tighter corner. Uh, uh, But the surface just looked awesome. And I watched the sidecar final, which was the last race of the day, and the the surface was just perfect. You know, it it has rutted up in the past, Frittenden, and you think the amount of laps that have been done around that place, to get the surface like that is unreal. Like, I know they work really hard. There was quite a bit of rain leading up to that as well, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, which the weeks leading up to that, uh, Cornwall was victim to the weather, mm. and I think there was one the week before as well because Frittenden had, I think we just had the rules change where we could have a public, wasn't it? So yeah, that's yeah. right. It was. It was the very first one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, very very talented sheep down in that field, haven't they? they there do. is. Yeah. They do. And the, to be fair, the track for the British Youth Championship was brilliant as well. Like that looked. That looked really good. So, I mean, yeah, Frittenden always, like Russell said, you know what you're getting, and you're getting a quality racing track. Uh, you just mentioned Cornwall there. None of us went to Cornwall. I think I was off doing something else that weekend. But um, they, it, f- by all accounts, that rode very well this year. Um, you had your wedding party, Gareth. You should remember that. Yes, exactly. But they had a, uh, <laughs> they, had, yeah, they had a good... Um, a good meeting they one of them was rained off the other one ran and the track seemed to be very good from what people were saying but none of us they, were there they changed the shape a little bit now uh they've widened it a little bit probably since you i don't know when you last went down there but um 
it used to be very tight coming off the sort of uh, the last corner for the solos because um, there was boards down the back straight, but they don't have the boards anymore. So it's widened that last corner up a bit. So you can ride it like a corner, the straight like a corner, if you see what I mean. It's like a big circle now. Um, and it's not that there was a real tight stop as you got to the end of the lap, but it's not there anymore. Right. But, um, yeah. yeah, the surface itself, though, is is you know it's really good um but yeah i think that we've all mentioned frittenden i think some of you have mentioned gtsa so um we're looking in the southeast aren't we really for our track of the year it's all good for you lot <laughs> not much good for me down here but uh you never know yeah brilliant but well done to all of the clubs if we've not mentioned you out there and you're listening then uh you know we do appreciate everything you do um there's some very good grass tracks out there some really good fields and uh you know with a little bit of uh, magic sprinkles who knows what you could achieve but um well done definitely to your uh most of your family basically luke <laughs> that worked down there at the frittenden club because that track was superb pass it on certainly will do <laughs> no worries right coming up next we have got part two of the mark Cosser interview uh, that was uh, a tremendous performance from uh, Mark Hosser and Gareth You went on to win another five, really, which was yeah. which has been amazing. But uh, and we'll talk about the the positive times in a minute. But uh, we sort of mentioned it before the heartache of uh, losing it. I mean, they always must really hurt. Everything sort of leads to the Masters, doesn't it? And they must hurt. But never a doubt that you're not going to come back the following year. Um, no, it, we would. There was there was an incident one year that. I thought, oh, why am I doing this? And I disagreed with the decisions that were made by the clerk of the course. And But it didn't stop me. Mm. You sort of spit your dummy out and say you're going to pack up. And then you think about it. After after a, uh, a week or so, what do you think there? You can carry on. Yeah. It is a worry. Because I know that you ride a bit of uh, road racing and other bits as well. So, you know, if you did give up grass track, you wouldn't be like a lot of us and just sort of wondering what to do. I think you'll fill the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, the difference with road race is the, the cost that's involved in it. Right. It um, You couldn't do that with a young family. Mm. So I don't think I'll be disappearing road race, not for a long time. No, you've got those 10 titles to win. You can't do that. Yeah, I know. Plus, <laughs> the, the, the good thing I love about grass track is, and speedway is it's done and dusted in a day. Mm. Whereas you go to like road race, you've got, you've got to be there Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday Sunday. And right. it, it's just takes up too much time i think whereas our sports done and dusted especially speedway yeah done and dusted in an evening you've gone done your meeting you're on your way home and yeah. it's uh it, it fits into a busy lifestyle yeah back home for tea and medals yeah absolutely <laughs> they yeah. uh they i mean one of the things that i want to sort of talk about while we're talking about the heartaches of the masters is the winter burns because uh your rivalry with them i mean rod and you had some brilliant races you and gareth are now having brilliant races i know that you sort of talked about the i'm guessing you're talking about the 2016 masters which was at bristol uh um and obviously that was horrible really for you um but it's been a rivalry for the ages mark really hasn't it yeah he's been uh he's been quick the whole time i've been quick and then when rod rod's not there then gareth's there which is is good i mean it's it's good because to have a co- have competition like that, you need it. Yeah. 
there's always someone. I mean, even when Rod wasn't as quick on the cross plane, Rob Bradley was there pushing me. Yeah. I think the second Masters I won, he was leading on points and probably quicker, but I got to the first turn before him. Mm. Uh, so there's always going to be somebody that's going to be pushing you. It yeah. just happens that it's the winter burns and <laughs> they are quick. Yeah. And you get, you seem, I know there's a lot of people think that uh, you and Gareth and everyone, none of you talk and you all go back to the pits and nobody speak, but it's not really like that, is it? No, I, I've got a lot of time for, for Rod and Gareth. Obviously, we've had incidents <laughs> before in the past, but you kind of put them behind you. Um, I, I'll admit that there's been incidents where I've hit them, not intentionally, um, but that's just part of racing. Mm. Um, but no, we, we, we shake hands, we speak. Yeah. It was, uh, it's a few more years to go as well, I think, because Gareth's younger than you and we've got, yeah, probably another, what, 10 years of racing each other, I reckon, if you can both keep going that long. If, yeah. If Gareth carries on, I think I'll, I'll carry on. Yeah. If the meetings are still being put on. I'll still, I'll still keep going. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's a shame we don't see them, see Gareth a bit more. I mean, he only has sort of three or four meetings a year. Do you think he'd be... <laughs> Uh, even stronger if he rode as often as you do? Um, I don't know. I don't know. If you, It's a hard one, isn't it? Because sometimes you can override. I've mm. done that before. Um, you kind of burn yourself out. Because mm. so it, well, it's not a profession, it's a hobby. And you put so much in. If you don't, if you override, you burn yourself out. But if you underride, you're not quick enough. But Gareth seems to be able to get away with like what Tom's done this year, just do a couple of meetings and still be really quick. And he yeah. did it when I think when he won the Masters the other year. He'd only rode once or twice. Mm. So I'm guessing every ride is different. I know yeah. I, I I need sort of to ride three or four times to get rid of the rustiness. Mm. Whereas he perhaps doesn't need to do that. I don't know. No. No, it's uh, it's it's a hard balance between being hungry and and wanting it, I think, and then just yeah, just getting fed up with it. Really, I think that's what yeah. you're kind of getting at. Um, yeah. So yeah, so now then, your six titles. Now we've talked about the first one back in Cornwall, and we've talked about the most recent one. Um, but which one sticks out in your mind as the the one, the good one, the one that is the one that was where it all came together? There isn't really one, if I'm honest. This year meant the most to me. Mm. Um, because I put so much into it, but the, the, the I suppose the best one's got to be the first one. Yeah. Uh, I'd have said. Mm. The uh, the Rhodes Minis one was a good one. The one uh, I think was yeah, the second, I, I, enjoy, second one. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that sort of all come together on the day that did. Because mm. Carl come off a off a broken leg, I think he was coming back from. Well, that was his first meeting back. Yeah, and we we weren't quite quick enough, so we made some drastic alterations for the final, and it paid off. <laughs> so it sort of all come together in the final. It's something that you talk about a lot, Mark. Is bike setup? It's obviously something that you've uh, that you absolutely swear by on a race day because it's something that you are constantly seem to be tinkering with something or changing something. It's it's a well, it's a must. There's there's no two ways about it. There's so much you can change on on them that. Mm. Um, if you just wait for the bike to come, the track to come to the bike, it might not happen. Some riders they don't change things, and the track does come to the bike. But if you don't, if you don't alter setup, then you know, you're never you're never gonna you're never gonna gain any speed. Hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, the solos yeah. do, don't they? The solos change setup. All you know, they chase it. Certainly, the top solos will change setup all day long. So it makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you change have to. things. So what? Uh, I know I'm pushing it because you might not want to give anything away. But let's say you turn <laughs> up at a meeting, um, and you just before practice, what are you looking at to try and think about bike setup before you've have, even got on the track? Obviously, the length of the track for the gearing, how dry it is, how grippy it's going to be. Do I need to? What how many gear changes? Um, how grippy the starts? How do I need my clutch set? Tire pressures and just sort of make a a, a a good good guess by looking at it and see what it does in practice. And then once you're off and running, what's the sort of you're never going to tell me all of the things. You obviously you're going to choose what to tell me. But what are the three what are the three most frequently changed things on the bike setup as you go through a day? Three most frequently thing changed. Tires, gearing, and um, probably ignition. Is that what you do when you've got the laptop out? Uh, that yeah, that some of it, yes. Because that's something that you know, no, not a lot of people do. And then some people have seen you sat there with the laptop on, uh, plugged in. Yeah. No, that's uh, a lot of the time I'm reading through the data mm. um, just to see what the bike's revving to, check all the oil and temperatures are all okay as well. Is that all on the uh, laptop as well? Yeah, I log Senses. everything. Yeah, wow. yeah. Obviously, you can see you did, if you've got a drop in fuel pressure or your oil temp, your coolant temp, air temp, and you can just make sure your air fuel ratio is right and just just keep keep monitoring as the day goes on because mm. uh yeah blew a few engines so don't want to do that again yeah i mean they're under a lot of stress i guess aren't they even you know the fact that we don't run a full gearbox i guess is the reason why they blow up um not really designed just, for that it's just the load it's purely the load and obviously the the, the methanol it's a horrible fuel really it's so aggressive mm. it just destroys everything in your valve train and right. top end so you sort of that's why they don't last very long okay and they, plus um, i like to rev them yeah yeah gotta be done but it's uh it's um the methanol thing there that you just said i know that you've been playing about with fuel injection as well um yeah. but that's something you're going to persevere with though isn't it no i want to keep yeah I'm going to keep going. Um, there's an X factor that I'm missing at the minute. Mm. I've got to figure out why I'm getting what I'm getting. So um, I will keep going with it. Whether I use it or not, these meetings, I don't know. What's the What's the main drawback with the fuel? Because, I mean, every other sport, a lot of sports that come to the grass track, they see the, uh, the uh, carburetors and they wonder why they're on there because of, you know, super bikes have all gone fuel injection. What's the what's the issue with it? Basically, the car the carburetors are a, are just a restriction. So you're basically de-restricting the motorbike by putting fuel injection on it. So on a Suzuki, you'll struggle to make more than 160, 170 at a push brake horsepower on carburetors. Hmm. But then you put the injection on, and you'll be over 200. Right. So then, then you've got to find another way of restricting it without losing torque. Because the good thing about the carburetors is you'll still get the high torque figures, 
lower in the rev range, but and not have the big brake horsepower at the top end, which then is good off the start and good on the track. Whereas your fuel injection, it's reasonable off the start and then just does nothing on the track. Mm. And you can't, I can't map, can't, I can't figure out how I can map that into it now. So I've got to work out, yeah, how I can make it work. The next project. The next project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. keep thinking about it. Yeah. And uh, at, uh, at the qualifier, uh, obviously Tom had a great day. He seems to be the master. He won't be able to do the qualifier next year, which is a bit of a shame because he's made it no. his own. But <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, you know, the first thing he said, I said, what, you know, what's the secret? He said, well, Mark set the bike up. I mean, like, but I bet he didn't get any help at the, at the Masters, did he? <laughs> uh, I made sure James was with him for the Masters. Right. And um, I gave him a base set up to go off and then James helped him set the bike up. Right. So t- Tom's very good rider, but he's not so good at setting a bike up. Yeah. Um, so the qualifier, I just took the bike off him and didn't let him have any input in it and just set it up for him. He's more uh, of a factory worked. racer, isn't he? Than, than, yeah. yeah, so it's sort of... You've got to understand everything on, on the bike to set a bike up. And, but mm. because Tom's... He's not an engine builder and he's not a frame builder understanding everything isn't so easy no i i understand that completely <laughs> yeah so so some riders they 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 make changes but don't know why they're making them and they know they mm. work but that's just through experience and trial and error yeah but uh tom's obviously not got that experience either really because no. he's not done when he does ride it's sort of irregular and he's not been riding that many years no, no, he's had a good season though. I mean, he's had, a, and he's not ridden much, but he's when he has ridden, he's gone very well this year. He must, yes, you know, he must, yeah. you must be pleased with him, and he must be pleased with himself as well. Oh, exactly. We've been working on that that new Yamaha for for a few years now, <clears throat> and I put a lot of time into that engine mm. over the COVID break. Then it kind of worked out the box, did everything that he wanted it to do. Yeah. Whereas the ones we were trying before, they were lacking top end or lacking mid range, and this one seems to seems to do everything he wants. He's still not quite right because he can't he can't get it off the line. He's complaining about wheel spin, that's about six foot off the line. Right. But I think we might be able to get that sorted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a one-two in the Masters would be incredible, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not too close. <laughs> or, or the wrong way round for you, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, it would be. He um, he was a bit annoyed because I think he wanted second, but yeah, yeah. He was that's... he was a long way back. It was a fair way back. I mean, he, the the, the ride yeah, he did was he, good. His gripe was that he felt he had the track speed, mm. but then uh, he just couldn't get the initial drop was okay, but six foot off the line, it would just could they, he couldn't stop it spinning up. Right. So uh, we're gonna look at that. Yeah, he is going. He is going really well. I mean, at your at our meeting, I mean, um, and at the Masters, like you said, when he's going round, he looks very fast. I mean, he's as quick really as quick, quick yeah. as anyone, really fast. He's another one. Actually. He's like you. Like he was a bit wild when he started, and he's just yeah. suddenly cleaned up. Yeah, he's um, he's come of age this year. He has. He's, he's very tidy. Yeah, his riding style's better. His uh, his demeanour is better in the pits as well, which helps on the track. Oh, that's good. So, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, good on him. Good on him. 
Now, we couldn't talk to you without talking about Australia, Mark, because uh, that first trip to Australia, really, you know, you went from being a very quick grass track rider to being a bit of a, a worldwide celebrity, I suppose, because usually when the British riders go out there, uh, it's all, you know, they're, they're off the pace, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it was just the tour of dreams, wasn't it? What was it, 2013, wasn't it? It was 13, 14 season for them. Mm. So, so, yeah. how did it, so how did it come about? Where was the decision made to go out there? Um, probably in a pub. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was in a pub talking to Daz. And I said, fancy going to Australia. And he mm. said, yeah. So then it started there. And we sort of, I mentioned it to Mick Cave. And uh, Cave, you don't need to tell him twice to go to Australia. Mm. So he made a few phone calls, got some accommodation, decided he was going to go as well. And uh, yeah, that set the ball rolling. And it was incredible. I mean, the, the it sort of steamrolled really it started off with a few tentative rides and and getting into it and then before you knew it you were rubbing shoulders with the big boys yeah it um it was a steep learning curve the first well to be honest with you up until christmas though we didn't really ride a lot mm. so we went out in november and then up until christmas there wasn't really a lot and then i think we did two meetings and then we realized the bike was wrong so we had to we had to alter the chassis out there uh, and once once we'd got that sorted and played around with engines a bit, we were it was just down to rider and passenger, which mm. we uh, we got managed to get enough laps in about to get that sorted, and then uh, yeah, it kind of come together at the end. Yeah, I mean the Grand Slam, the last round of the uh, of the Grand Slam will be you know one of the races that you'll always be remembered for. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, that was great. It was. It was great. It was live streamed as well. I remember watching it, you know, early in the morning over here, and it was just That's brilliant. Right. We thought, oh, he won't win this because it's, you know, I can't remember who was in it, Trelaw, Headland, and placed it, I think, or somebody, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think Dan Puddy made the final. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. He did. But yeah, um, yeah, I knew it was my last chance. Mm. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. A brilliant win, and nice to see you going over. And, and they were almost surprised, weren't they, that there was an English person that could ride a motorbike? <laughs> I think the first final I made, they said to me, oh, this, this doesn't happen all the time. There's a lot of breakdowns and so on. I said, oh, OK. <laughs> and then I made the next final, then the next final, then the next final. And then all of a sudden they uh, they tweaked it. Hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it goes all right. The thing was Australian, so your best mate till you start beating them. <laughs> <laughs> they still have a beer with you after that, you Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're, you know, they're another level out there. They really are. Yeah, they're super quick. Yeah, super quick. And um, from what I'm talking, what I'm hearing from the riders I do speak to still is it's uh, it's got even quicker. Mm. Um, whether that's just their opinion, I don't know. There's no, I haven't seen any race times to to back that up. But yeah, apparently yeah. it's even quicker out there now. Yeah, I can firmly believe it. I mean, they they all seem to go on forever as well. They don't seem to, you know, you the riders that you were racing against were there sort of 10, 15 years before. And if you went out there next week, it's the same rider still. Like, they just go on forever. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of young, there's a lot of, uh, of lesser riders, mm. B-graders and so on, which are very similar to over here. But the actual A-graders, there's not many of them. There's not no. many people that get that quick. That, that just, so that's why it looks like it's the same riders all the time. Right. But there is actually quite a lot of riders out there that you don't see, mm. or we don't see. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, was it Mark Mitchell that you were sort of buddied that's, up uh, with? That, that's that's who um, 
put us up, put up with us. Mm. Yeah. He's a quick it, rider. Mark, Mark's very quick. Yeah. He uh, he doesn't ride enough, I don't think, anymore. That's mm. probably Mark's problem. But, um, yeah, he's very quick. It's a good race if Mark was out there. Yeah. I mean, there's how many tracks did you go to? I mean, you did Gilman a lot, uh, or it seemed, certainly seemed like a lot. Did you go to um, yeah. Mildura as well? That's right, Mildura. We were there a fair bit. That was only four hours from where we were staying. Only four hours, yeah. Um, yeah, that was another local one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did Curry a couple of times in Sydney. That was mm. Sydney way. Um, we did Alice Springs in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We did Albury, which is a good track. Got a second there. Um, there was another one. Oh, Renmark. That was quite good. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah did, 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 there's not that many tracks out there actually. So no, I think we did all of the all of the ones that we could do. They um was it the there was one of them wasn't there that you went to and it was rained off I think wasn't it? It was like yeah, a 20 curry, hour curry. journey. <laughs> we did one heat and it got rained off. Yeah. After in fact, we, we went there to the Aussie titles at the end of the season and um it got uh, rained the day before and the um qualifier was cancelled. Right. That's ruined the qualifier the same day as the totals. Yeah. But it's sort of like rain, rainforest area, so it's monsoons. Right. So proper just, rain then. But yeah, once it starts raining, it just floods. Yeah. I think we spent a week in Sydney and it was just wet the whole time. Typical. It's typical. Yeah. yeah. Get out of the Midlands to go and get some nice weather and it pisses hard the whole time. It hard. Yeah, quite. Exactly <laughs> that. So you've been yeah. to Australia a couple of times. Well, once I think, or once or twice before then, hadn't you? You'd been to because the Wayville Showground was that's a couple right. of years before that. What what yeah. do you remember of that? I mean, that looked pretty gnarly. That track. Um, there was only one line around that, and that was right against the fence. Hmm. Uh, I didn't really have much speed that on that, on that trip. It was not no experience. The bike wasn't quick enough. Hmm. Um, but learned a lot from it. Yeah. I remember coming away thinking, how oh, the hell are those so quick? Yeah. Then um, you spent a few years working it out and then went back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mixed yeah. it with them. <laughs> and then you went a couple of times more, but never, it's always, I don't know if you put a lot of pressure on yourself, Mark, to be honest, but, you know, it's never quite been the same as that 2013 14 trip. It's because I've never plagued with trouble. Own, never just not knocked up my own bike. Right. That's what it is. Mm. Um, and you can't. You can't go to Australia for two weeks and get on the pace. You need to be three months minimum. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're flying in and out of Australia regularly, that's different. But then we can't do that from over here because it's too far, really. Yeah. I know Andrew Buchanan was doing it from New Zealand. Yeah. He got himself really quick by flying in and out and basing his bikes in, uh, in Adelaide where we were. Yeah. But that's not an option for us. So if I... If I do it again, I'm not. Oh, well, I'm not going to do it again unless I'm going for three months minimum. Yeah. With my bike, my passenger. Yeah. Otherwise, it's think it's just frustration after frustration, isn't it? Otherwise, it's not worth not worth the journey. No, it's not. It's not. And you, I've, I've done it to support the the support the sport and mm. um, the Oceania and yeah the World Cup that they're going. But you kind of make yourself look a bit of an idiot, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, really, because of uh, it's just so far away. I mean, if it wasn't so far away and the costs involved, we'd have we'd have a worldwide sport. But 
Yes. Yeah, there it is. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sidecar Speedway over here is a shadow of it, really. It's it's we've had a sort of two year, two years of nothing, really. But it was sort of building up, wasn't it, before lockdown came about? It was getting there a little bit. There was still sort of nobody really to that level that they are in Australia. But we had a few good meetings. Yeah, we got we got the series. We got the the British Speedway Sidecar Speedway series going. And uh, it was it was gaining it was gaining momentum, mm. um, but COVID's put a big fat stop on that at the minute. Yeah. Really hoping that next year it's going to be um, going to be revived and back going again. Yeah, yeah, because <clears throat> it's 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 just getting the tracks to to sort of agree to dates. I think, isn't it? Well, I think obviously last year was last year. Mm. Uh, th- this year. Because there was still lockdown at the start of the solo season, they were trying to cram a whole season into uh, four months. Yeah. So then they weren't given any dates, especially with the rain offs and uh, weather that we've had. Mm. Um, just getting any club to give a track seemed impossible. Yeah. It, di- it didn't help that uh, the ACU had the staff on furlough at the start of the season, so nothing could be done then. And then when the furlough ended, uh, Menorah had already got their dates in with the promoters, but then the promoters wouldn't give the ACU any dates. Mm. So, um, yeah, that kind of just wrote this year off, so to speak. Mm. I do. Th- I think there's going to be a uh, meeting at Bellevue at the end of, the, end of October, though. <laughs> this year? Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, uh, uh, a one-off British final. Right. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. I mean, that's awesome track as well. Yeah, it's probably the best. Yeah. Although yeah. I did like Somerset a lot, but yeah. Yeah, that one's now gone. Yeah, you did go and, uh, well, Somerset. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that track. Big long corners on it. Yeah, you could sort of get away without really shutting down. I like yeah. that track. You won a, or you, I think you won a meeting there really early on, didn't you, on the James Rogers bike? I seem to remember you winning something there. That's it. That was with Andy on the back, and mm. I was on. Uh, I was on the bike Dave Twine and built. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was yeah, that was early on. Track. Nice track. Yeah. Shame it's gone, but uh, obviously Manchester's great. My last ever race actually was uh, at Manchester with, and you beat, you won it, and we were second. I'll take that second place to you <laughs> from my last race. That'll do, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Now you sort of, uh, I mentioned your mum earlier, and I, um, she's the track racing secretary, has been since oh, about, across a while, isn't it? About twenty odd years now. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's obviously in the past. It's obviously something that people are always going to have an eye on. I can categorically say now that I'm on the TRC that uh, there is nothing like uh, you know heats being organised so that they're in your favour or anything like that for the Masters. I can see that, but you know those whispers happen. Is it something that you find a bit annoying, or is it something you've had to deal no. with, or just to put it, just ignore it? No, just brush it off. It's just sour grapes, isn't it? If someone, if someone doesn't like the ballot, which they are. Um, you know, it's it is what it is. You 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 always look down at your draw and think, especially when you're Australia, think Jesus, how did he get a good how did he get a good run to the final and I get two gate fours and I meet everyone in every heat, but it it's not fixed. No, oh no, it's, it's just, definitely not. It's but it's no. uh, you know you know what has anyone ever approached you and sort of suggested things like that to you that you've had not to my favorable? face? No, no, no. I've I've I've, I've heard people talking about it but not no one said anything to my face ever no no nobody likes a winner 
<laughs> no, and everybody likes a moan. It's, yeah, it's an English trait. Yeah, they do. And I mean, we've seen in the past that uh, people have sort of uh, moaned and bitched and complained online about you, and even cheered when you've broken down. Uh, is that does that get to you, or does it spur you on? Um, a bit of both. Hmm. I wouldn't say it gets to me. It gets me angry. Yeah. And then that anger then is channeled into, right, let's get some more speed. Yeah. So, um, especially when I think people were cheering when we crashed. Yeah. yeah. I think that's just wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. I know people, I know, I, know, I know a lot of people aren't my fan and I'm not really fussed. No. No, I don't think it's, I really genuinely don't believe it's anything personal. I think it's a similar thing to like, you get anywhere like when Sebastian Vettel's winning on the F1 everyone hated him now Lewis is yeah. winning everything everyone hates Lewis and they all pick holes in him and I honestly think that that's what it is people I, you know when Roger Mees was winning everything everyone used to say he was cheating and when John yep. Halsey was winning everything he was cheating you know it's just it goes round and round and round it's just the fact that you've been doing it a lot longer I think. yeah there's <laughs> no, uh, it, no need it, for it, it is there really no but like you just pointed out that happens in every single sport mm. um, yeah it's just just the way it is and it happens in every single every single country as well i think mm. yeah. everyone hates darren trelaw because he wins uh, yeah he was coming to I, mind actually yeah i like darren's a nice guy yeah there's nothing he, he, he's not doing anything wrong no he's aggressive but aren't we all yeah yeah and mick headland as well when mick headland was winning a lot yes he used to come in come under a lot of fire he his riding style brings it brings him under a lot of fire because yeah. he's very 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 aggressive. Yeah, I personally don't think he's dangerous, but other people have different opinions. But yeah, he's mixed. Got a very very aggressive riding style. Yeah, yeah, it's great to watch. Yeah, That's it is happens. actually. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great when it's when the bike's behind you and you can hear it pointed at you. No, I can only imagine. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about Carl for a minute, if that's all right, because obviously yeah. Carl has passengered you for, oh, he, what was it, a good 10 years, I think he passed you for. Saw you through some, a lot, you know, a lot of your wins, and he's just been a, a fantastic yeah. passenger. And the moment he got on the back, it just tidied you up. Yes, agreed. It changed everything. Um, yeah, there's not really a lot to say, I suppose. It's just Carl's, in my view, probably the best passenger ever. Mm. Because he can just sort the bike out, no matter what you do to it. And it even got to the point where I didn't even know what he was doing on the bike and didn't ask him. Just leave it to him. So then when I started having to have other passengers on, I was having to ring him and say, um, what, what do you do here? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, it's, it wasn't spoke about. It just He gets on the bike and sorts the back out and I'll just get on and ride. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's they those sorts of partnerships come around every now and again and it's it's been great but he uh you know nothing seems to phase him he gets a bit pissed off if you know if he gets run into and things but nothing really seems to phase him he's pretty much cool cucumber the whole time isn't he yeah and uh yeah. always a cool head for sure sure so obviously like you said when he, if he gets run into he gets annoyed but mm. everybody does yeah but yeah he um and he never struggles for strength never can never not hold on um, just I don't know how he does it. No. I, know I, could, I know I couldn't do it. He's uh, he's the only one of one of very few passengers who can get tired on the back, get arm pump, 
not be able on. to not be able to get himself to where he normally is, but still do the job properly. You know, like yeah. when you're passenger in and you're getting tired, you can usually see it. But for Carl, he'll just adapt to what he's doing. You, can, you, still you do can't it. feel you can't feel it either. Really, you'll come in and say, oh, I, "I was struggling then," but you wouldn't feel it. No, no. There's other passengers I've rode with. You can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, no, incredible, absolutely amazing. He's uh, obviously had the year out injured, and we're waiting to see how he's going to get on, aren't we, at the moment? Yes, obviously. Yeah, I think that is uh, that is operation, and uh, we'll see what nice fitness goes from there, I suppose. Mm, yeah. So uh, aims for the future, really. We've obviously talked about quite a lot of this already. We've talked about uh, the fuel injection is something you're going to persevere with, and uh, maybe. Well, I don't know. Back out to Australia at some point if you can. Uh, yeah, Australia's a long way off at the minute. Mm. That's a sort of class that as a dream because that probably won't happen anytime soon. Not with uh, young family and yeah. commitments and normal life. Yeah. But yeah, I'll keep playing around with the fuel injection. Um, I've not really thought about next year at, at the minute. Mm. So done that little ride in this year I'll probably just go into next year as is yeah as you are trying yeah. to get the seventh title yeah oh, for is sure. that where you're, your mindset when you go into the season are you thinking about the Masters straight away or are you just sort of yes. does it just come up yeah 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 yeah. Every, every, everything you do in the first part of the season is either testing for the Masters or prepping for it mm. um, this year this year every meeting I've done I've been testing 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 Mm. Um, yeah, I was even I was even at some upgrades on the chassis for Frittenden to test, but that didn't run. No, no. Are you up for uh, Ledbury at the end of the month? Yeah, I'm gonna try it there. Yeah, yeah. Should be a good meeting down there. Yeah, that should be quite good with where the lets us play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, you've obviously had a bit of a foray into you know organising. You've done a bit with the sidecar speedway and a bit with the um, the. Uh, mid, not Midshires. What am I talking Heart about? Heart of England. Heart of England club and a couple yep. other bits. Any any plans to do anything like that in the future? Yes, we're going to do something with the Heart of England, um, and maybe Sidecar Speedway if the ACU uh, series doesn't take back off. Then I'll have to do go back to the Heart of England running Sidecar Speedway. I think because mm. uh, something's got to happen next year. Yeah, you can't not can't not run. So if the ACU just stays at a single round, for, for instance, the British Championship, then uh, then the Heart of England will have to do. I will have to do something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not really well, sure yet. We'll it has been run like that before, hasn't it? As a as a track racing permit. So it's, uh, it's, st- it's Yeah, I think it still is now. Right. I think that I think they are uh, one day permits still. Oh, okay. Yeah. But but they're easier to permit because it's a permanent venue. Yeah. Yeah. So because um, it's not we're not we don't run on speed on under the SCB, so we don't have to mm. have the um, the permits. Not going to get banned for riding at the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Is that what? Because it's Nora. Yeah, that's what happened. You don't know about that. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, rider got banned from the the British. Ch- I'm going to cut this bit out now. <laughs> yeah, a rider got banned for riding at the Isle of Wight for um, uh, they they had some open meetings under Nora. Was that um Andrew? No, Andrew was all right. It was um, it was a speedway rider. It was Coles. <laughs> somebody Connor Coles. 
Did he get banned by the SCB or the ACU? The SCB. Ah, yeah. Okay, that oh, it sense. wasn't the ACU. Yeah, no. they think they were, they think it was even discussed, but it was just yeah, it was no. ludicrous, really. Yeah, the SCB is strange, bunch. Yeah, yeah, they um, certainly pro- fucking probably best not, not not having that in the podcast. That bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> are you happy to talk about your dad a little bit, Mark? Yeah, cool. So obviously, Mark, just before we go, I'd like to talk about your dad because uh, he's been a massive part of your racing. He's been a massive part of lots of our racing, to be honest. Uh, we sadly lost him. Uh, just over a year ago um you know we talked about it on our last podcast there was things that he would have done at the meetings that were his job uh and then he's not there and it's been you know tough to watch from the outside but uh you know thoughts on your dad being involved in your racing i mean it's been you know he's been fundamental hasn't he yeah i've um it's been really really hard this year Mm. because um you know I knew that he did a lot, but I didn't realise how much I relied on him. Not not even at the meeting. So, like, prepping the bike, loading up, driving. There's just everything. Mm. Collecting bits, doing stuff. Just as it's not until it's not there that you realise actually how much. And um, having somebody there doing everything with you with the amount of time I spend working on the bikes it's uh, it's now very lonely as it didn't used to be mm. yeah but yeah it kind of it, it is what it is so that's why I've, uh, I've changed everything in the uh, the race van and made everything so that I can do everything myself right and that made everything a lot easier mm. yeah I mean he would have been uh, sort of beaming with pride on uh uh, at the Masters, wouldn't he? He'd have, he'd have oh, made his day. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, literally. He'd have been... Uh, I don't know how you had it explained it, but yeah, he would have loved yeah. it. Yeah, he certainly would. He certainly would. And he's left a big hole in the pits, Mark, and we all miss him greatly. Yes. And uh, we're always, you know, we always... Uh, he's always in our thoughts, so... No, um, definitely. Yeah, 100%. anyone who's listening who obviously knew Andy, I'm sure, will share those sentiments with us as well. Yeah. 100%. Don't think there's anyone that, didn't, that disliked him. No, he never had a bad word to say about people. Well, certainly not no. in public, anyway. I mean, we don't have our to grind. He was that sort of person. He was. He was very friendly, chatted to yeah. anyone. Yeah, I was lucky enough to pass into him as well uh, once, back when he first yeah. started, on a very Easter. slick track with no speedway tyre, and it was, yeah, we spent most of the day sideways, <laughs> which was fun. I remember the day. Yeah, good fun. Yeah. Good fun. Yeah. Sadly missed. He sadly missed. Yep. So we've got a few few listener questions came in, Mark. You might have seen I put it this I up. Did a couple see of people. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not it's not flooded with questions. I think everyone's a bit scared uh, of what you might say. <laughs> well, <laughs> but uh, first of all, we had someone saying uh, Dylan Newton actually. Thomas and Dylan. I don't know if you've had much to do with them, really. A bit. Um, a little bit. They're sort of designing their own. Well, they have designed their own frame. But Dylan yep. wants to know how old you were when you designed your own frame. See. I've seen the drawings that they've do. They, they they've sat down and, and designed. Mm. I don't work like that, so I haven't designed a frame, so to speak. Um, I set off with a Jackson and just kept altering it till I liked it. Mm. Uh, and not one of my bikes is made from a drawing, so I haven't designed it as such. I've just sort of evolved it. Mm. I don't like that. That that weren't right. Let's change that and 
and just it, it evolves. Yeah. So. Um, Seat of the pants development, they call that, I think, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of the way I work and what works for me. So you saw the drawings they did. It was quite impressive, really. Like they, they very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, they're very clever Someone, lads. Someone's good on CAD. Mm. Yeah, they've not got the uh, the bike that they've built really going yet, but they've you know they're they're a decent uh, pairing. They've ridden a few good rides. I think they've beaten you actually, Mark, haven't they in my race? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, talented, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, good. Uh, like you said before, it's good to have a couple of youngsters coming through. 100 percent we need more definitely uh do you ever think it's another one do you ever think uh you'll be tempted to do a different sport oh i sort of talked about that earlier actually yeah um i'll dabble in different sports i always do track days and contemplating getting a, another enduro to do some enduro through the winter mm. but I, the appeal to the sport for me is as i said earlier it, it's done and dusted in a day it's sprint races rather than endurance races, um, which I think they're they're better fun. So, yeah, I, I, I won't be drawn away from it just yet. No, good news. I've got another one here. Will we ever... Oh, I know who this is from, actually. Will we ever see you back on a 500 sidecar? Never say never. <laughs> I remember you saying it hurt you more than any other sidecar ever had. <laughs> yeah, I've broke more bones on a, on a 500 than I have anything else. It's, we... Uh... Um, we uh, we were talking to Mitch about this earlier, and he was because obviously he's just won the British 500 title, and he was saying, "Oh, we'll get Mark to ride a 500 sidecar, and we'll have champion versus champion." And we were saying, "Well, all right, but then you're going to have to ride a right-hander," and he backed yeah, out quickly. Very quickly, <laughs> Mitch won't do that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. We even said we'd get Neil Owen's outfit for him, so he's on a Godden. Yeah, no. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> that made that. it worse, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we've got one from Wayne Rickards, actually. Wayne's a good passenger, okay. isn't he? Tom's passenger. Yes. He, he says, I've got one or two questions. Uh, he says, who's Mark's favourite driver and passenger of all time? Oh, Jesus. Uh, it's got to be what, Grass Track or World Wide Speedway. Yeah, whatever you want, really, I guess. It's got to be Darren and Justin, hasn't it? Hmm. For me, because when I was starting out in the sport, they were the the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, um, they blew everyone out into the weeds when they came over here. Every time they yeah. come over, yeah. And obviously, when I first started there, they and I did the Super Series. They they won that. Hmm. So yeah, it was probably probably because I've never really. I don't know. Yeah, go, yeah, that's probably what I'd go with. Yeah. I admire Rob Wilson for what he's done to done his achievement in the sport. Yeah. yeah. So if I, if I had to pick a grass track, it'd probably be Rob. Hmm. He's uh, you've got, you've got a few years to go to catch his records. To be fair, <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> he um, with Darren and Justin, and thinking about that, do you think that we'll ever get the Aussies over again? Um, I don't think you get Darren over here. Right. Why's that? He's winding down now, I think, Darren is. Right, OK. Uh, his lad's just starting out on a on a 1,000. Um, he's come up from the 250s. Yeah. Who's on the adult bikes. So I could see Darren, even when I was over there in 2014, he was sort of talking about slowing down then. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Jacobson. So yeah. he, now, now Jake's riding. I can see Darren only doing one or two meetings a year. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't think you'd get them to go abroad. No. But other Aussies, I mean, I know Mick Edlund's got a bike here, so he'll, he'd ride here. Um, you'd probably get Matt Plaisted over if you if you covered his costs or got sponsorship to cover his costs. Uh, yeah. And likewise with Matt Mitchell. And you'd probably get a few over. Stuart Firth, he might come over. So, yeah, you probably will get a few. Yeah, needs a big sponsor, though, I think, doesn't it? That's the key. That, 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 the, the, the finance is the, is the killer. Mm. Um, yeah, but you never money. know what's around the corner, do you? No. It may happen. Yeah, I hope so. Be good. Live in hope. Yeah. Uh, right, Wayne's other question is, uh, in this era of racing, who you would... Uh, who? Who would hang on? <laughs> who would he make a driver and a passenger as a team that he thinks could be very consistent, and possibly a big threat in any final? That's quite a hard question, actually. There's a number, there's a number isn't there? Mm. Uh, a number of rider passengers. A lot, a lot of it comes down to the machinery as well. Because mm. um, you could put a, good, a rider and passenger together on a bike, which is substandard, and they're not in not in the final. But then you put the rider and passenger together on a good bike. Um, yeah, I can't really answer that, if I'm honest. Mm. No, it's a tricky question that way. Yeah. Give it a rest. Yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mark, I think we're going to wind up. That's been really interesting to talk to you. Uh, yeah. So thanks very much for all of your time. Um, yep. I'm sure we'll have lots of people getting in touch with us with other questions uh, soon, so we'll have to get you on again another yeah, time. Yeah, not a problem at all. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see you at the Halloween Spooktacular. Any uh, plans for a costume to wear your, when you're racing? <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought about it until you just mentioned it. I didn't oh, even know the go. name of the meeting. <laughs> okay. That's we'll it. See. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Right, Mark. Yeah. Great to hear from you. Right. Mark Costa, Thanks, everyone. Gareth. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Cheers, Gareth. Cheers. So it's that familiar music now, hopefully, to you. It is Blast from the Past, and Mitchell's got caught up with a former British champion. Uh, someone like yourself, Mitch, who's only who only ever won the one British Championship um, at the moment, anyway. Um, Brian Raz Palmer. So you've been hearing from Raz. Yeah, well, I spoke to Raz uh, a few weeks ago, and um, we wrote all this down. I did it all on my uh, on, on my computer, and then uh, probably lost a whole lot. So gremlins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I rung uh, Razzy back, and it. it, it um, paper problem really because there was one or two things that he'd missed out but um there's a yeah a few paragraphs here it was mostly Rez's words so uh Rez started solo racing it was his first grassroots racing in 1976 uh, his solo career was improving until he had a nasty crash um i think it was the owls club at Rutum, which is down in kent uh, where his bike uh, chucked the conrod, or the engine chucked the conrod and ripped the engine out of the out of the bike and catapulted him down the track, um, and Raz resulted in a badly broken leg. Uh, he was in hospital for two months, um, and he was off work for a whole year. Uh, while he was lying in hospital, he spoke to a, a friend of his who convinced him to buy a speedway bike. Um, and as soon as he could, uh, he was out of hospital and could walk again. Uh, he sort of tried a, a, a little bit of a, a speedway career, um, riding his bike, sort of second miles at I Wade um, and Hackney uh, in the you know the very early 80s, 80, 81, and 82. Um, but after a couple of years, he realised that 
his speed speed rate career wasn't kind of really going anywhere, um, and his real love was graph track. Um, and the new sidecar class that had just sort of been invented in sort of 78, 79 with the 500 sidecars really caught his eye. Um, and he bought his first bike from the Atwell brothers. Uh, he rode that for a couple of years and then um, he upgraded to an accessible tailor machine. And Raz said that uh, this was his big break. And after, you know, using the, the Cecil bike, it, you know, it was the real turning point for him to, um, you know, find his feet and the success soon followed. Um, although Raz only won one British title, which was in 1993, he was second in 85, third in 87, third in 89, third in 91, third in 92, third in 94, second in 01, second in 02, second in 03. So in total, he had 10 podiums in the British 500 Sidecar uh, Championship, which is a you know, massive achievement. Um, and I don't think he was ever really in sort of 24, 25 years of racing. He was sort of never really out of the top four, five or six. So, um, you know, yeah, he, he was a, a stalwart of the class and, and massively talented. Um, Raz finished racing in 2004 and now spends his time with his family and flying his planes. He, he's uh, into uh, radio, radio controlled uh, engine planes. His favourite is a B38 twin engine fighter bomber, which is a two and a half meter wingspan and re- retractable undercarriage. So, <laughs> <laughs> very nasty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd rather have retractable undercarriage than not retractable undercarriage. <laughs> as we'd like to thank you people that um, that. Uh, had a close and, and, and meaningful connection to his racing career. Um, there, there's several people. One of them is Roy Bell, uh, Bert Gumbleton from SGM Frames, Big Potter, um, my dad uh, for helping him with the engines, uh, the Hagen family that helped him build his championship winning bike. Um, and massive thanks to, I said the boss, but he corrected me and said, no, she's the governor. And that is his wife. So, Without Lynn's support over all the years and through the trials and tribulations and the injuries and the, the ups and the downs of racing, you know, Raz couldn't have competed for the you know the 24, 25 years that he did. So um, he's still around. I mean, I saw Raz uh, when I was at um, oh, where was it, Tallington this year. He was sat there with his with his deck chair and his and his sun hat on and, and watching the racing. You know, he he goes to them as, as much as possible. And obviously, he's got a keen interest with um, his grandson uh, James Hogg in the 500 sidecar. So, you know, he's not—he's not, he's not um, walked away from racing full stop. He's, you know, he's still involved. He still goes to watch. Um, and if anyone sees him, you know, he said, "Please come and say hello." So, hmm. well done, Raz. Yeah, nice. He's a nice bloke, Raz. Really nice bloke. But yeah, he's, I remember—he's he's definitely one of the characters. He um, is. Yeah, yeah. Always smoking. <laughs> he um. One of his, uh, I remember when I was riding 500 sidecars, him and Lester Goodwin had some absolute stonking battles. And uh, those three second places he had in a row there in 01, 02 and 03, that was all at the hands of Lester. Uh, he could never quite get in front of him. But uh, Well, he, his, first, his first podium in 1985, he was second. Uh, and that was after he had a runoff with Nick Radley. Right. You know, so the first time he made, he made the podium... You know, he he was trying to win it in '85. So, mm. 
you know, but to 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 go from eighty five to to two thousand three, two thousand four, and still be at the top, you know, he was in it for twenty five years and he was at the top for twenty of them, yeah. you know, which is a massive achievement, um, you know, and I know that uh, you know my dad had had he dad was very fond of Raz, you know, and I think that helped him out massively with with engines and stuff, and um, you know. Dad loved helping him, and, mm. and you know, and, and he he's he's a very special person. Yeah, definitely. In a good way. In a good way. Mm. And the British Tightly one in '93 is a great meeting. It was down your way somewhere, and uh, and he earned it. I mean, it was it was a tough meeting. It was everyone was there. Kevin Led, uh, Mal and Lester Goodwin, like everyone was going well around then. Tony Cook was going well at that point. Um, Alan Peck. Dave Collin, like there was a lot of good riders around uh, and he was so confident he was going to win it when you watch the video back. Uh, and he did, he pulled it off. He was just the most consistent rider on the day, which was the story of his uh, racing career, really. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he should have, he probably should have had, uh, you know, more than one mm. one title. And, you know, there's there's a whole group of riders that, that have never had one that should have had one you know Mal, you mentioned Mal Mal should have had one mm. um, you know Simon Beard you know he's definitely you know was definitely good enough then and you know and more recently to, to have won a title so you know it's been it's, you know it's been tricky and it, there's been one or two that have just hogged them you know yeah <laughs> uh, but that's the way you know that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes so you know but Raz Raz you know he's very fond of the, the the friends he's made in you know UK friends and European friends in 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 the in racing and the opportunity that he's had to go to places and see places he absolutely enthuses about them so you know he, he's he's an out and out grass tracker that's, that's given twenty five years so yeah definitely so uh, Ben you know your uh, you know your dad still calls me what is it your dad calls me Ben he's got a name for me from a uh, a meeting I did I can't remember what it is it's can you remember what it is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seri from a... I think that came about from a, an actually report. It from did. Home. So so that is... Raz Palmer is actually responsible for that because when he was uh, reading my name off a bit of paper he'd been given for the entry for the promoter at Exlow, he didn't have his glasses on. So he read <laughs> it as Seri Beermainster. <laughs> so when I went out there in the programme, I thought, who's this Seri Beermainster that's riding? And that was Raz Palmer not putting his glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a Dutch way of saying Gareth. <laughs> More than likely. Double Dutch, I think. Brilliant. Thanks, Mitch. Great to hear from Raz. So we are returning one of our features. We haven't done this for ages. It was better in our day. Now, this is our nostalgia section. Uh, and this time I've challenged the boys because we've had Mark Cosser on the show this week and last time. Uh, we're going to have the Brotherly Love Bonanza finals. So I've asked the boys to uh, come up with their finals. Uh, and you have to have brothers in it. It's as simple as that. Uh, they all have to have their brother or brothers in the finals. Um, so hopefully we've all got our set. I wonder how many will come up the same. But you, we've gone with Solas and Psychos. If you've done one or the other, that's all right. So who would like to go first? Let's have a look. Anyone keen? I don't mind going, Gareth. Go on then, Ben. <laughs> Quick off the gate. I haven't got any sidecars, I'm afraid. Okay. Standard. Um, I've just got, to be honest, I've just got some names of brothers that we've put in a good show. Mm -hmm. um, so more recently, you've got 
the Trezoros from France, there's three of them. Yeah, there is. It might even be four, actually. Although, it might, no, it's a son, isn't it? Yeah, so, I think it's Stefan's son, isn't it? Uh, Seb, Stefan is the eldest, and then Matt is the youngest. And then Bonjour. I spoke, spoke to my dad about this, and he came up with Jakob and Thomas Gollop. Oh, wow. Both featured in an Ace of Aces meeting. <laughs> they did. Um, yes, that Gollop was good, good as well. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was good on the grass. my time. Um, interestingly, also mentioned Trevor and his late brother Graham, Trevor mm. Banks and Graham Banks. That's um, Tapping into his knowledge. And then he said um, in the Southern Centre, there was Terry and Ross Formals. Okay. Who were pretty handy, but didn't sort of, I think a, a nasty accident occurred to one of them. Right. I mean, that's going back a long time, but he said they're real two young brothers that sort of dominated the Southern Centre. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, that's nine you got on the line for your final. Yeah, one's, uh, one's a reserve. <laughs> Is it? One of the Tressie, you boys. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Uh, now, Luke, I know you had a bit of trouble with this, but uh, you didn't have to look too far from home for some of yours. No, I've only literally got uh, my uncles, Trevor and Andy Colvin. Um, yeah, and then I was sort of in the struggling out. Yeah, struggling sort of outside that of people I actually knew. Um, yeah, I don't know if sort of people to sort of rely on to ask. I asked my mum, and she hasn't got a clue where any of the riders are, let alone when we're doing <laughs> signing on. So uh, yeah, they're the only uh, only two I've come up with. So they're they're in a heat on their own and have uh, one from the gate. <laughs> Uh, it's like old school Frittenden meeting, that is. <laughs> yeah, it's going back a while, isn't it? Yeah. Make, make, make sure they get their grading points for it. <laughs> right, Mitch, who's in your lineups for the finals then? The brotherly love final. Right, well, I've gone for Kelly and Sean Moran. Whoa. Yeah, we, we're going international. We've got yeah. Lucas and Alice Drimmel. Oh, yeah. And we've got Peter Collins and Les Collins. Oh, okay. Then we've got um, Paul um, and Neil. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Evie, sorry. Oh, uh, okay. Evie. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, 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 yeah, that's, that's eight. Yeah. Yeah. I nearly went with the uh, Collins ones, but there's four of them and I didn't know which ones to choose. Obviously, Peter, but the other three were all pretty good, weren't they? But yeah, Kelly and Sean Moran, obviously uh, American international speedway riders and long trackers. Yeah. Alice and Lucas Trimble were the son of, sons of Alice Trimble. Yeah. Didn't do much long track, but mostly mostly stayed on speedway. Um, obviously, Paul Evitz has done. Uh, I don't know. Paul did was a speedway rider at first, and then sort of did uh, grass track and long track and tetro in later years. And Neil obviously did a lot on speedway. Yeah. Did the beach race as well, didn't he, uh, Paul? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've travelled with Paul, not not travelled with him, but we've ended up at the same uh, same race meetings in you know many many times in different places in Germany and you know, uh, had, had many a bacon sandwich from his Julie. Maybe a bacon yeah. <laughs> My Julie. <laughs> yeah. We're a bit bleary eyed, and uh, yeah, a bacon sandwich. Save the day, so uh, thank you, Paul. Really, 
<laughs> right, Russ, here you are. What are your? Uh, have you got? We have We've only had one sidecar final so far, and only one cruise turned up. I, I, I've done. I've got um, still like ten sidecars on the line today, oh, Gareth. Very good, very good. I'm going to come um, to your meeting. My, mine's not quite as star-studded as Mitch's, but I can reel some <laughs> off. <clears throat> so we're going for some southeast and centre stalwarts to start with. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, James and Michael Peters. Oh yes. Uh, and then. Moving over to the Southern Centre, uh, three brothers, Jake, Dean and Lee Cutler. Oh, wow, yeah. <clears throat> uh, moving around the country, uh, obviously uh, suggested by yourself, I, I stole them anyway, uh, Mark and Neil Taylor. Yeah. Then moving up country, uh, two of our favourite brothers, the Crash Cross brothers, Ryan and Liam. Oh, Ryan and Liam, I never thought about them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Ryan and Liam. <laughs> yeah, Ryan and Liam. Well, Liam's uh, boss has just died, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, then Liam works for the East Williams racing team. <laughs> moving across to uh, the Eastern Centre, um, you can have uh, Danny and Mitch Curl. Yeah, OK. And then moving across the water into Europe, you can have uh, Daniel and Ethan Spiller. OK. Daniel was at Herx. Was he at Herx on Mitch? Was Daniel at Herx on the other week? Yeah, Daniel was. Uh, he's been a spirit rider, sort of uh, in Germany. I think his second league or maybe the first league uh, for a few years. He did. He rode a season for Eastbourne, I think. That's uh, right. Yeah, Eastbourne National League. Um, but I, I don't think. I think his sort of speedway career is kind of not washed out or finished. But he's sort of gone a little bit. Um, oh, I don't know. He's just. There's not enough meetings in, in in German league speed where there's just not enough meetings. So I think he started looking at a bit of long track racing, uh, got himself a long track bike together and, and did the uh, practice that hooks on recently. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't really know what Ethan's up to these days. He, I haven't seen him around. So, um, But they were definitely both junior uh, speedway and grass track riders at the same time, yeah. <coughs> Over the page we go, Gareth, onto the right-hand side, cars. <laughs> Is this some Alan Well photography? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a picture of Scoey at the Aces. A <laughs> <laughs> um, bit of a mixture here. Uh, so, starting with, uh, you could have uh, on the line, you've got Jamie Bree and Ben Whiteland, and Colin Blackmore and Paul Whiteland Jr. Oh, OK, yeah. Uh, ben will be pleased with his mention. <laughs> you can have uh, Steph Bly and I apologise but A.N. Other because I couldn't think of a passenger for Steph <laughs> uh, but lining up next to him you can have Mark Cosser and Cole Blythe mm-hmm. uh, uh, lining up next to them you've got uh, Tom Cosser and Wayne Rickards mm-hmm. nice link yeah uh, Gareth Winterburn and Liam Brown lining up next to Billy Winterburn and A.N. Other mm-hmm and finally, you can have Mark and Tim Warren. Ah, okay. Yeah, Mark and Tim. I've raced against them a few times back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Very nice. Good effort. Right, okay. So here's mine. I'll go solos first. Um, I did have the Taylors, but I've crossed them off and got someone else now. So I've got Kelvin and Neville. Kel- Kevil- oh, Kevil yeah. and Nelvin. Kevil and Nelvin. Yeah. <laughs> I've got uh, Wogie Giles and Mark Giles. 
Uh, yeah, we all we open class here. Open class. Although, Wogie did ride a 500 for a bit, didn't he? Uh, I've got Simon Wig and Julian Wig. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, and then I've gone for uh, Lewis Denham and his oh. 250 yeah. solo brother, Ashley Denham. Oh, Lester, yeah. Didn't do, didn't do enough... Uh, didn't do enough racing, actually, really. He was a really good rider. So that's my solo lineup. And the sidecars, I've got Roger and Jeff Mieser. And then I've got uh, Shane Baker and Martin Baker. Uh, Gary and Steve Wright, or Steve and Gary Wright, depending on their mood. And then I've put Roy and Ken Spreadbury. Has anyone any, any heard of any of these? <laughs> what about... Yeah. Um... That's good. I couldn't quite remember, but what about Len and Ray Foreman? Were they brothers? They were, yeah. I saw Ray, actually, at, um, at Ledbury, I think I saw Ray. Uh, my last yeah. one's Rod and Chris Winterburn, who used to race together. Oh, yeah, of course. Was there a connection between the Rod down your way, um, Andy Robson and Phil Robson? That was Paul. Paul Robson. Paul Robson. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil Robson. It was Pete and Phil Robson, I think, who were from yeah. uh, Exeter Way, I think. And then Andy and Paul are from Newton Abbott. Way, yeah. There's also, I think, in the solo, there was Matt and James Child. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James is James is it James's kids or Matt's kids that race? It's Matt's, isn't it? Yeah, I think both so. of them. Ethan and William. Ethan and William, yeah. Also, you've got uh, Glenn Phillips and his brother Chris Phillips. Oh, Chris oh, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would have been a clever one. I wish I'd thought of that because he's not Chris yeah. Phillips anymore, is he? He's Chris Johnson. <laughs> I, I rode with Chris before I rode against Glenn's. You know, he was a good rider, Chris Phillips. Really good. He was hard. He, was, he, was, he, he never gave a quarter. <laughs> um, I can seem to remember him having a pink, bright pink helmet. Everyone was wearing pink back then. Um, yeah, good riders. Yeah, there's loads. It's a family sport. We had a few others we didn't even mention. James and Dave Googe, a couple of others that we had as well. Uh, very good boys. Good homework. And, uh, Adrian and Julian Phipps. Oh, yes. Yep. But they'll keep coming. If you've got any more, grash up into podcast at outlook.com. Tell us your brotherly love finals. So we are nearly out of time here on the Grashed Up Banter podcast, episode 34, but we have got time to bring out another of our features that we haven't done for a long time. It's the Just for Lols. Uh, Christmas is coming, chaps. So I've challenged you all to come up with your uh, lineups for the Christmas Cracker Grass Track. We've done this before with several things. Remember the Halloween Spooktacular? We had all sorts of strange names. Uh, but this time we've got Christmassy names. So we're going to go round the table and we're going to start with Luke because Luke's already told us he's only managed to figure two. <laughs> so Luke, you start us off. Uh, so the, the meter name will actually be the Kent Christmas Cracker. Oh, okay. I see. Oh dear. I see. All right then. Yes, very good. The Kent Christmas Cracker. Because the Kent Cracker, right? Yes. Okay, Ben? I've gone for a rider, is that right? Yep. Uh, Peppy Rudolph. <laughs> oh, oh my man. god! <laughs> that oh, is that's super. it. It's finished. That's it. Stop there. That is super. Why did I think just of that? Dro- just drop the mic. 
<laughs> Very good. It's almost worth two points, that. Right, Russell? Yeah, uh, I've gone for a rider as well. Uh, Gary Ball Ball. Gary Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Right, Mitch? Uh, 1992 world champion, Parcel Gerhard. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh god right my first one i've got uh i've got uh rob snow oh my first one. Oh, that's my other one. Oh no sorry oh, no. <laughs> oh so luke your next one was rob snow was it uh i would have added uh snowflake just to mix it up a little bit oh, rob snowman <laughs> or snowman <laughs> Right, Luke's out already. Ben? <laughs> uh, Joseph Screen. Joseph. Oh, okay. Mary and Joseph, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Russ? Um, I've gone for Robin Pilcher, as in the bird. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> on many a Christmas cars. <laughs> well, Robin Pilcher? Well, no, Robin doesn't, obviously, but Robins do. He's on Luke's Christmas card. He's Luke, one of Luke's <laughs> favourites. <laughs> Luke's got a T-shirt with it printed. <laughs> Mitch? Uh, Joseph Frankincense. Oh, wow. Joseph Frankincense. Oh, okay. Check. The check rider. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. All right. I've got... On, I've got... Uh, all right. I'll go with uh, Anthony Boxing Day Sales. Oh, I had him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have written down exactly the same. <laughs> uh, Luke, oh no, Luke's out. Ben? Uh, Danny King. He's in the Three Kings. I'll just... Oh yeah, okay. Not, you could have Danny King, ever. Jason King and Stephen King. <laughs> uh, Russ? Uh, go with a rider name again. Uh, the Angel on top of the Christmas tree. You could have Tony Angelico. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh God. Richard oh. Bigger and Tony Angelico. Or is it Jeff yeah. Mauser? Mauser, whatever his name is. <laughs> uh, Mitch? Uh, burnt Xmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Richie Silent Night. I've um, got Merry Saunters. Merry Saunters. <laughs> You'd have loads for that, couldn't you? Merry Giles. <laughs> um, Russ? Uh, no, I'm out for a minute. Oh, wow. Mitch? Uh, Ivan Manger. <laughs> oh very good that is a belter oh that is a very good one uh i've got um cool in the action i've got tony noel uh, <laughs> uh ben kieran ivy oh god yeah good one <laughs> Thanks. russ russ are you out are you desperately yep. flicking yeah, through? I'm out, yeah. mitch any more uh, Darren Xmas Tree Law. <laughs> God. Oh, okay. I'll go with uh, similar to Tony Noel. I've got Jordan Noel. Mm, that's twice. You can't use that one twice. Oh, really? What about Paul White Christmas Lum? <laughs> that's dreadful. <laughs> oh dear, Ben. I've got Tony Bell. Tony Bell. Yeah. Okay, Mitch. Running low. I've still got a few left, though. How about Thousand Sidecar Rider Mark Plastered? The <laughs> 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 Plastered. <laughs> Colin Black Friday Born. Bloody hell. 
scraping well, the barrel with Colin, that well, Colin blackboard in a stable. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Ben, any more? How about Niels Christiansen? Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got Robin Ruffle. Oh, yeah. Filming it. Super Dave Murr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, Simon on the Cross. Simon on the Cross. Yeah, of course. More of an Easter one, that one, though. <laughs> Have you got any left, Ben? Um, I'm, I'm out. I'm all done. What have I got left? I've got uh, Simon Fig, um, Richard Tom at, Tom Mass, like Midnight Mass, uh, Praysayer, and then uh, Secretary of the Meeting, Mary Holly, um, Adam, I saw three ships come sailing in. And then I just... <laughs> Then I just spent all my time trying to work out what I could do for you lot. So I've got Mitchell, God, rest ye merry gentlemen. Uh, ben Ilslay. <laughs> Try as I might, I couldn't get one for Luke. So I'll uh, send you answers on a postcard for Luke. But Russell, I couldn't decide between Russell, O Little Town of Bethlehem or Russell, Little Drummer Boy. Oh. <laughs> 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 It's funny how when you write things down, they sound ridiculous, and then when you start doing it, they're much more entertaining than you thought. <laughs> Took me hours to do that. Right. <laughs> you could have a, what about does it work? Colin Snow White. Yeah, you could have Colin. Colin, Colin Snow White, the Seven Dwarfs. I don't know. Is that Christmassy? Colin White Christmas. Pantomime. Yeah, pantomime. I think Peppy Rudolph. Yeah, Still that was a great boy. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, I've got Bernie Lee written down, but I've got Bernie Slay, but it works better written down. It doesn't really work when you say it. Bernie Slay. Yeah. Slay. And uh, Slay. Slay. Oh, gladiator. Wasn't there a writer called Arthur Stuffings? Yeah. Right, I've also got Arthur Sage and Onion Stuffings. <laughs> <laughs> You've got too much time on your hands. Oh, God. I'll tell you what, the kids hated doing that last uh, week. Uh, <laughs> Quarter to three, he says, right, kids, I've got a competition for you. <laughs> He's got 30 helpers. Go to this website, look at all these grass track names and turn them into Christmas names. Yeah, exactly. It works. Right, I think, before we all uh, go mad, I think that's probably about it. So, uh, before we go, has anybody got any last-minute news or requests? Uh, let's go around the table quickly. Luke, anything to declare? Uh, no, not from me. Good stuff. He's going to work on that fixture list, ready for next time. Uh, ben, anything to declare? How's, uh, how's Code Brown situation at the Ilsley House? Uh, yeah, it's under control now. I think we're um, we're working on a a new way of publishing the fixture list with a link to download the regs through through our website. So that sounds yeah, cool. we'll, we're just uh, working on that, aren't we, Luke? And we'll hopefully get that published before the turn of the year. Good stuff. Yeah, really good good to hear. Uh Russell, any any last any last uh requests before we go? Uh, no other business. No 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 other business here. No other business. It's dark and cold in your house. I've got this picture of you just huddled under a blanket in the middle of your house with no eating on. <laughs> no, I'm just laying on the sofa with the telly on. Oh, that's all right then. And uh Mitch, any last last uh, minute uh, discussion points? Only with the new uh, Corona strain, as, as far as I'm concerned, 
Corona can O one two one do one. We've had enough of you, Corona. Mm. Yeah, let's hope it uh, it's sorted very bloody quickly because we've had enough of all that rubbish. Well, obviously, as usual, thank yous go out to all of our listeners. We are always uh, so grateful for all of the people that tune in and listen. We're always grateful as well to the people that uh, message me to say, is there another podcast coming? Because it means that we're not just talking to ourselves, which is always nice. Big thank you, as we mentioned, to Paul uh, Munter of uh, Stella Despatch for sorting us out with Bantasia 2 and always being there for us. And another Paul, Paul Morphy of Custom Clothing by Impress Promotions. Lots of website uh, traffic at the moment, Ben. So Paul's been, um, yeah, once again, <laughs> we're a thorn in Paul's side. <laughs> he can't rest at Christmas, can he? <laughs> Absolutely not, no. no. The ca- calendars are going well as well. Yes. We're working on a nude version, I think, next. A nude version or a new version? <laughs> a nude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Everyone's just tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, look out for that. If you haven't been onto our website yet, go to the shop section. There's loads of stuff on there. We've got hats, mugs, coats, all sorts of things with Grassdrack banter on. It's all designed to get the good word of Grassdrack out to uh, the people that don't know that we exist. So please do get on the shop and if you want to buy a calendar get yourselves online soon we're contemplating whether or not to put another stock order in at the moment so if uh, if you are interested do get hold of one of us and we can pass it on and make some executive decisions on that because uh, it's not long till christmas so thank you to uh, all four of the boys for joining us as well hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast hopefully you've enjoyed listening to mark cosser and all of the uh, all of the information he gave us as well and we will hopefully see you very soon in a field what is it in a field somewhere very soon i can't tell what it is i've lost my mind we'll see you at grass track very soon